0: Well, hi everybody. Yeah, welcome to the uh end of summer <laughs> and uh recovery jam. So um, really exciting to see a lot of new people here. Welcome. Um my name is Melissa Say. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York and um I wanna just very briefly, I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, but um you know the topic tonight is what does it mean to be recovered, and I I do before I delve into a topic like that, or really any topic based you know talk I I usually like a quick qualification just so people understand and get some sense of one that I have experience you know with the sufferings of this disease and um and two that I have been. Relieved of the sufferings of this disease, and um, so since there's a bunch of new people, um, I am gonna quick. I'm gonna do it real quick. I'm gonna share my photos um, because I think one of the um, benefits. Oh, it's not letting me open. It. Let's see. Okay, one of the benefits of having a um, a um, pretty extreme physical um, transformation. Is that um, I have a visual representation of what it looks like to have a miracle, which is exactly what this program is about. This is a program for people who require miracles and um and I have a miracle to share with you a huge internal miracle, but I think you know sometimes a picture is worth a thousand words and Um, I know when I was in the grip of this illness, when I was living um, in morbid obesity, over 300 pounds, it gave me tremendous hope when I saw a physical, you know, gift, when I saw a physical miracle, because um, it, it drew me in. And so that's my intention. It's to show not, this is not how great I am. Trust me. This is how great God is. This is what God can do for someone on the outside, and and doubly on the inside. So this is what it looked like for me before. You know, my daughter is going to be. She's over twenty-two, so that was when she was first born. Uh, I can't believe it. And um and I was obese then. I had just given birth, and I was certain that I was going to lose the weight because I had this beautiful baby. And, um, and I had everything, you know, love of my husband. You could see it in the photo. We are really blessed with a loving marriage. Um, but the love of my husband and the love of a baby did not do anything against this illness. This illness is full. Cool. And so this was me, you know, as, as my daughter got older, I got fatter, I got bigger. And it continued. We ate in restaurants all the time because food was my master. And food told me what I liked to do and eating in restaurants was what it said I like to do. I didn't even know I had a choice. Um, And this was me, you know, uh, up and down. I know in this picture, I had lost some weight. In this picture, I was having a party in my house that day and I could barely brush my hair. I could barely brush my hair. My house was a mess. I was a mess, a fake smile on my face. I was miserable. Um, This is me with my sister and my sisters, my sister-in-laws. I'm drinking, cause that's what I did at family functions. And I ate, I drank and I ate and I walked around with a lot of resentment. Um, and this is a more recent picture of us. My sister, my mom, my sister-in-laws um, and now that my body has changed but my my insides are totally different. This was when my son was a baby, he's six, over 16 now. I could barely put my arms around him and it it broke my heart because I love this boy with every ounce of my, every ounce that's in me. I adore this kid and I always have, and I couldn't hold him and I couldn't keep up with him because he was so active. Um, and these are two side-by-side photos. And I think um, that's what it looks like to have an experience with the miraculous. Actually, there's three there. I realize there's the third one there. So you could see same boy. <laughs> and um and and that's that's what it looks like to have a miracle. This is me and my mom. This is me and my mom. I by the way, which is perfect for this topic in the gray, I don't know if you could see it, but my eyes are alive in that photo. My body had not yet um, physically recovered, but I was in a recovered state already. And the reason I knew it is because the resentments were gone. And the way that I felt about my family was entirely different. And I, I could see it in my face. I know how I felt that day. I felt free. I felt free. And But part of my disease isn't just, I'm not just addicted to food. I'm addicted to diets. I'm addicted to control. I'm addicted to schemes, plans, anything that I think I, I can wield any power and control over this. And so when you are entirely abstinent and you decide to surrender entirely, not just your food and your body, you know, and and your weight, but your life, sometimes it takes your body a while to catch up. And that's what it looked like while I was working the process. Um, This is me, every one of those dresses. I say, fits me. I go in the closet, take them out. And I pull them on year after year after year. And, um, you know, it goes on. There's lots of other pictures you get to see me and my siblings. I'm going to do real quick, I want to get to the topic. Me and my family side by side. Um, Me and my husband side by side. And I love this one because, um, you know, here we're sitting in a restaurant. (laughs) I look at him, I'm like, God, we look so young. He looks like a baby there. And here we're so much older, but so much more alive. You know, now what do we like to do together? We love to go to concerts and dance and go to festivals. And I like to hike and I like to kayak and I like to do all sorts of other things. And I'm, you know, um, I've got loads of friends and fellows that I've met in the rooms of recovery. I just love all these people. These are like, you know, I have so many incredible friends that I've made along the way, um, and and um, as a result of this program, you know, it's, uh, yeah, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop here, yeah, okay, so my, whenever I show those, what I really hope to do is to get your appetite, you know, I want to get your, like, you're, I want to like whet your appetite. I want to get you like excited about this, that this, this can actually happen. So, um, so what does it mean to be recovered? Cause that's the topic tonight. And it's not just being right-sized in a body. It's that it's more than that. By the way, one of those dresses in that picture, I'm actually wearing today. Um, you know, which is for me, it's very exciting to go in the closet year after year after year and just it out and put it on and by the like now it's looking like a swim dress it doesn't look like the nice dress that it was back there but i'd have the benefit of wearing things until they wear out and i never had that before um so what does it mean to be recovered um you know there's a story that's in um it was in uh the first edition actually but it was removed Um, in the second printing. And the story is called The Lone Endeavor. And there's a little part in it that I I like to read. Um, It says, so this mother read this short medical article with a heavy heart, for she was constantly on the alert to find something which might prove helpful to her son. And the article gave only a vague hint of the solution found by many alcoholics, which is fully covered in this book. But the mother immediately wrote to the doctor explaining her heartbreaking problem and requesting further information. She felt that there must be help somewhere. And surely if other men had recovered from alcoholism, her son also had a chance. So, um, you know, What I heard about this particular story was this was the first person to recover without having any personal contact at all with people, but solely from reading the book. And and the sad truth is the reason it was removed from the second printing is because the man did not remain recovered. And I read that and I wonder, um, is it because the book alone, which is a powerful text, is perhaps not enough, right? What's required is is a miraculous intervention of God. And I also believe that part of that miraculous intervention of God requires contact with other people. And so I think perhaps the reason he didn't remain recovered, it's my theory. I could be wrong. but I think that was part of it, was that what was necessary um, to kind of keep that, you know, the wheel turning is contact with others. But what I what what grabbed me about that is that um, this mother felt hope when she heard the word recovered. And so, when I identify myself as a recovered compulsive overeater, it's not to distinguish myself from other people who haven't recovered as though I'm superior. That is not what that means in any way, shape, or form. It is only to offer hope, to say that if it can happen for me, it can happen for you. And, um, you know, in some groups and some meetings, um, it was, it was like, I remember when I first heard people identify as recovered, I was like, that that's ridiculous. That's, that's like almost like blasphemy. Like, how dare they? That was my response. Like, they are so arrogant. How dare they say that? And yet I couldn't stop listening because what I was hearing was what it sounds like when you've recovered. And that grabbed my attention. So I say it because I want to offer people help. Um, you know, so can you actually recover? Is that, is that really the truth? And you know, in the, on the title page, it says the story of how many thousands men and women have recovered from alcoholism. And you know, so yeah, on the title page in the first edition, it says 100. But by the fourth, it said many thousands, right? And actually, it's on the title page of the book. And clearly, the title page is saying just exactly what's going to be covered in the pages. And, you know, a title tells the reader what they're reading. It's like an advertisement and a way of selling the book. Um, In the forward to the first edition, it says, we of Alcoholics Anonymous are more than 100 men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body." To show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book. For them, we hope these pages will prove so convincing that no further authentication will be necessary. We think this account of our experiences will help everyone to better understand the alcoholic. Many do not comprehend that the alcoholic is a very sick person And besides, we are sure that our way of living has its advantages for all. So, you know, now it's like, okay, so the book is telling me what I'm going to be recovered from. And it says a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. So I thought that this, you know, food addiction was going to be something I would have to fight for the rest of my life that I was gonna have to like armor up and get ready to have a good fight, a lifelong fight. And I really believed that the best I could hope for, you know, was a recovery, um, whereby I would learn some strategies for living with the miserable state of denying myself the foods that everyone else around me got to eat. That's what I thought you were gonna give me, like the ability to suffer through it. Um, And, I was hoping, you know, that my willpower was gonna get stronger here. That, that's what I thought recovery meant, like strong willpower. I had I had no interest um, or thought that, that my way of living was even remotely related to this condition. I did not think that it had anything to do with the way that I lived my life at all. Um, I didn't understand that I was sick bodily and mentally. And how could my recovery possibly improve the lives of others like that wasn't even a a blip on the radar of my thinking I just thought that by getting thinner I would be happier in the end that would be it like get me thin and I'll be happy and great and then um you know um that's not the way it works right but it says here nearly all have recovered that's on page 17 they have solved the drink problem. So, this tells me that the majority of people who followed these directions have recovered. And I'm being given a little more information about what was solved. What was solved? The drink problem. Well, if the drink problem is solved, and for me, the food problem, that doesn't sound like the struggling state of more willpower, right? That's not solved problem solved. Um, and it doesn't sound like I'm gonna have to suffer. If if I have a problem and I'm being told there's a group of people who once had this same problem and now they don't, certainly my interest should get peaked. And that's what happened for me. My interest got peaked because people said I don't have that problem any longer. Um, you know, which, you know, was really where um I first really decided that I was going to do everything that was suggested to me by the people who said that that's the experience that they had. Um, you know, I, um, further on, that. you know, it says clear-cut directions are given showing how we have recovered, and that's on page 29. And so the directions, right? That's what we're here for, the directions, which is, the text, the big book, it gives me directions, clear cut ones. I'm not going to be confused by these directions. And this is not a take what you want and leave the rest program. I heard that for years. Take what you want and leave the rest. Um, You know, if you want to recover and you're following directions to recover, then you need to follow these directions sequentially and precisely. And, you know, much like if you went to a doctor to receive treatment for any other disease, if the doctor reassures you and tells you that you can recover, but you're gonna to need to follow a course of treatment, you would, I like I know for me, I would look at the success rate of this treatment. I would say like, let me see, is he really that successful? And if you believe that it was effective, right? Then, um, and what you were suffering from was fatal and progressive, right? Cause that's, that's part of that. We reach that point of utter desperation. We believe that this is fatal and it's getting worse. Then, you know, it makes sense that you would completely follow the course of treatment and not skip some of it because you didn't like it, you know, um, nor, you know, would you do some of it and conclude that the salesness actually wasn't something that anyone could recover from. Like that would make no sense, you know? Um, It's like if I went to the doctor, right, for an infection, and the doctor gave me a course of antibiotics to take, right, and I decide I'm just going to take it for the first two days, or I'm not going to take it as as the bottle suggests, but according to the way that I want to, will I conclude that what I have is incurable, you know? Or will I conclude that um, this, you know, this course of treatment doesn't work, right? That would make no sense. But here's the problem with this particular disease is that it's a form of insanity. Because that's why we're told in step two that we get restored, right? That we believe that God, in step two, we believe that God can restore us to sanity. So this is disease and it's, and it takes the form of insanity. And, you know, and if um, the other problem is that the sufferer has no enthusiasm for the treatment, right? Like people come in and they're all excited about it until you start telling them some of the hard things they have to do. And then they're like, yeah, I don't really, I don't really want to do that. You know? Um, so, how do we solve something that um, is a form of insanity, that an insane reasoning wins out, that we decide we don't wanna follow the course of treatment, even when we're in you know, utter pain and desperation? That sounds like a really difficult problem. But the good news is, is that the ultimate solution to this entire problem is power, is God. And God can override all difficult problems God can easily override my insane thinking right and that's what we recover from the the blocking God out so that we let God in and the insane reasoning gets pushed aside. So what does it mean to be recovered then right because I'm telling you you can recover um what is it what is it what does that even mean and that's really the focus. Um, you know so you can recover I'm telling you how is by following the directions. So what does it actually look like? What does life look like? How is it different from what life was like before? Well, you know, I, I had this mind that always convinced me to eat. I had what I call a very specific type of senility. I, I can remember songs and dates and, you know, uh, all sorts of things. I can't remember with sufficient force, the horrible pain that always succumbs after the first, you know, after I take the first compulsive bite. I can't seem to remember with sufficient force. And, and for me, I think about it like this, this disease is was like a stalker and it always hunted me down, it, it knew Exactly what to get me to open the door and let it in every single time. And I I would want so much to be abstinent. I really did. Um, it was not lack of desire. Sometimes people think, well, I must not want it bad enough. That is that is not we don't we don't recover from a state of not wanting it. because I have done some crazy things. I wanted this very much. What I, you know, recovered from was reliance on a mind that suffered from food senility, reliance. My memory is not the thing that keeps me in check anymore. I don't rely on memory. Memory is not, it is still an insufficient force. Um, So, you know, I I remembered like when I would get abstinent, it felt like my desire to eat was this powerful tiger and willpower was the cage that I attempted to keep the tiger in. And I thought that Overeaters Anonymous, every time I came back, when I heard people say things like, um, well, think it through, right? Think the binge through or, or remember your last binge. Always remember that last one. If you can remember that last one, I thought that was going to be the strong cage. If I could remember my last binge, if it was bad enough, then I could have a strong cage. And and what I really hoped for was that you guys were going to help me get a strong cage. And you know, and I heard sometimes at meetings things that supported that idea. Like I would hear, um, you know, uh, in OA you have to take the tiger out of the cage three times a day, right? When you eat and get it back in safely. And people would say, that's why it's very hard. You know, that's why they would say things like, well, relapse is part of recovery because they were fighting, trying to get a tiger in a cage. And I, I thought that was the truth, you know? And what I've learned is that that's not the truth, right? Um, What the truth is, is that what does it mean to be recovered? Is that the tiger is no longer a tiger. That the 12 steps actually takes, it doesn't change the cage, cage, no cage required. What actually happens is that the tiger becomes a kitten. That strong desire is not a strong desire anymore. So that, um, you know, I, like just yesterday I had, and even today I had people over, Today, my daughter and wife came over. Yesterday, I had friends over, tons of food around. You know, I packed up the leftovers last night, touched things that I don't eat, you know, put them in bed. It has, it's not like I'm like, oh, this isn't, you know, I'm suffering through it. And it's not even like I'm saying, um, like foolishly, well, this isn't a problem for me. It's, it's as though the food, it's not food. I can't explain anything other than that. It just doesn't look like a food item to me. It doesn't look like anything that I would eat. So no cage required because the tiger is now a kitten. You know, page 25 explains what it means to have recovered. And I I love this. This to me is really the real definition. Um, The great fact is just this and nothing less that we have had deep, and effective spiritual experiences, which have revolutionized our whole attitude toward life, toward our fellows, and towards God's universe. So I have a brand new attitude, a revolution of an attitude, which means, you know, remember when I said food was my master, and the master told me what I like to do? Well, that master of food, that master of, of the way that I lived before is overthrown. Out, right? Revolutionized. And what took, you know, what took that place is a whole new attitude towards life, towards fellows, towards other people, towards all of God's universe. And why? Why? Because the central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our Creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way, which is indeed miraculous. He has commenced to accomplish those things for us, which we could never do for ourselves. So what does it mean to be recovered? It means that I think like, this is like mind blowing that the creator of this universe has entered into my heart. This like normal average run of the mill woman's heart. And God has taken residence, like lives in my heart. And I see the world through a whole new way. And I could never. And when that happens, you know, God does things that I could never do on my own. You know, most of us in OA are familiar with the nine step promises and and likely the 10 step promises too. And I would say recovered means that you are experiencing these promises. You know, and the promises associated with step nine, and these are found on page 83 through 84. We're going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past, nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity. And we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, We will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking slips away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations we choose to baffle us we will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. So I read that and I'm like, okay, so today, what does that mean? Today I feel free, free from the food. And most of the time, free from, from anger and fear, most of the time. You know, for me, I read those promises and what, what I interpret it as, it means I'm optimistic. I feel, I feel pretty optimistic. I have a basic belief. That God has a plan and it's a good one. That's my belief, that there is a plan, it's God's plan and God's plan is a good plan. And I I don't regret the past at all. How can I regret the past? Because it's the thing that helps me be useful to other people. My past is what has given me a purpose. Um, I'm not ashamed of anything I've done. I really understand what it means to be serene and peaceful. And you know, all of my experiences, especially the painful and familiar ones are now powerful examples that I can share with someone else. I use, you know, when I share my stories of where I've been, um, I use them today to work with sponsees when I'm reaching out. You know, I'll talk about for me, like my painful experiences. You know, I, I share with people like, I broke in toilet seats, like that was humiliating. Um, And I did it more than once, right? And I I couldn't fit in the armchairs in my own kitchen, in my kitchen, in my house. Um, I felt humiliated every time I walked on a plane, every time I walked down an aisle on a bus, you know, where there were narrow aisles. Um, I walked into those spaces feeling people look at me, like, please don't let her sit next to me. Because I took up too much physical space and I walked around feeling like I wouldn't want to sit next to me either. And I share that with people today because I don't want anyone to feel sorry for me. That's not the purpose of sharing that. But it's that you, if you are walking around feeling less than, there's hope for you. You don't have to feel that way anymore. So I'm not embarrassed of any of that, you know. I actually genuinely find myself thinking about others more and more, you know, rather than being self-centered, I feel other centered. When I sit in prayer and meditation, um, I actually really do experience more and more other people enter my brain, other people, uh, people that I just like, wow, I haven't thought about them in a while. I wonder how they're doing. Um, you know, I, I, I have a much keener intuition. You know, I understand things more and more without the need for conscious reasoning. I don't always have to be putting everything through the the reasoning test that I used to live by. Some things I can just feel are intuitively right. Um, Now, I don't go out there and do crazy things. When I get that intuitive feeling, I also know enough. Because that first story of that man that recovered and didn't stay recovered, he didn't have the benefit of others. And I do. So when I get a bright idea, I don't, I, I, I run it by someone whose recovery I value and trust. Um, you know, but I don't find my wheels spinning as much as they used to. You know, I don't get stuck very long on rehashing and revisiting things um over and over. I generally don't second guess myself too long. I just somehow know how to approach things differently. And and I also know that if I make a mistake, God is so incredibly powerful. He has no problem redirecting me and getting me back on course, so long as I'm, right? Um, I'm no longer relying on my own human finite power, but on the infinite power. So here's the promises associated with step 10, right? Because you think nine is great, well, here we go. Now we got we got step 10 promises. And this is on 84 through 85. Um, and these are more physical. I think these are more explained as the physical promises, what we get relief from as far as the food and the substance is concerned. And the nine step promises seem to be more of that internal, emotional, spiritual, you know, um, promise. But here's here's the... Promises of step one, better than anything I could have ever imagined. I've ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol, even food, not fighting food. For by this time, sanity will have returned. We will seldom be interested in liquor. And if tempted, we recoil from it as if from a hot flame. We react sanely and normally, and we will find that this has happened automatically. We will see that our new attitude toward liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes, that is the miracle of it. We are not fighting it, neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we've been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. We've not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. It does not even exist for us. We are neither cocky nor we are afraid. That is our experience. That is how we react. So long as we keep in fit spiritual condition, and I think about it. For me, um, I think I envision God's hand, and I am like I'm right in His palm. I'm just like right here, um, safely in God's in God's hand. Safe. I feel safe and protected, and um, and so. I'm not interested in the food. It doesn't, it doesn't interest me. And on the rare occasion when I get a thought, um, I react sanely and normally, which is like, I go, what, that's crazy. You know, um, And so I don't have to swear things off and I don't have to avoid going anywhere. I can go anywhere. Any free person can go. I can go there. Um, So long as I keep fit, spiritual condition, right? So, you know, and sometimes people wonder, they'd say, well, I've recovered, but then I relapse. what happened? Um, It's, you know, my recovery is dependent on me continuing to take that daily medication. Yes, I've recovered. But I also say part of the sanity that I have today is that I want to take that medication. The thought of not taking it, sounds crazy to me. And actually, you know, God is so wonderful that I want to do the things that I have to do as well. And when I don't want to do the things I have to do as well, I ask God to give me the strength to do it anyway. And I have, and I've been able to get the capacity, God's strength to continue anyway. You know, it says, if we've carefully followed directions, we've begun to sense the flow of his spirit into us. And to some extent, we've become God conscious. We have begun to develop this vital sixth sense. So, you know, okay, so I don't fight nothing. No fights, not with my weight, not with my food plan, not a suggestion that my sponsor makes. I fight none of it. You know, I feel very safe. I go to all kinds of family gatherings. Um, you know, I um i think one of the things i had written here is um you know i have family members that will ask me things about food or offer me up as an expert about what has sugar in it and and what has this in it and 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 sometimes they say things because they don't understand you know they think that this is um sugar anonymous or or flour anonymous or whatever or certain food anonymous and they'll say things like um well, is this healthy or unhealthy? Like they'll they'll ask me as though now I'm some great expert on it. And I'm not an expert on anything at all. Um, you know, although, you know, I know something because I've been able to, you know, follow this course, but they'll also say things like, you've got great willpower. Like, oh my God, you have more willpower than anyone I know. And they don't have a clue that this is, there is no willpower here. Um, you know, I... Um, But what I love is that today I have this awareness. What is it that keeps me safe and protected? I have this awareness of God in my life. And I feel the flow of his spirit into me, which is exactly what I needed all along. That's what I needed all along, a close connection with a power that could save me from a hope, a feeling of hopelessness. This power saves me from powerlessness. Right, God's power gives us strength. Um, You know, so there's promises that are off that are also associated with the 11th step, and that's on page 87 through 88. And it says, "What used to be the hunch or the occasional inspiration gradually becomes a working part of the mind." So that's another way to determine, um, you know, another gift of what does it mean to be recovered that, um, that we get this other part of our mind that seems to work that I never even knew that I had before, you know, that I can, I can, this occasional inspiration and, you know, inspiration is like a a sudden thought that you're like, whoa, okay, that, that was like God inspired that. And I, you know, and you recognize it because it's something you would never have thought of on your own and that happens. And then what also begins to happen more and more is that I have this, um, I start to live on that plane of inspiration that I can actually begin to rely on that. And, and with that, I'm in much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity or foolish decisions become much more efficient. We do not tire so easily for we are not burning up energy foolishly as we did when we were trying to arrange life to suit ourselves. So early on in recovery, I would occasionally get these moments where I just knew the right course to take. And a situation would come up, whether it's at work or at home. And I just found that while I was scratching my head, wondering what to do, this idea would just pop into my brain and it hadn't been there before. And more and more, what I actually find is that I'm scratching my head less and less wondering. Like that just begins to happen naturally over time. That intuition has become a working part of my mind. And people, you know, you never see that. So I showed you my photos, right? But I can't show you, hey guys, I have a different intuition today. Like I suddenly, that is, is you know, that's not something you can see in photos. That's something that you can hear and you you. it's experiential. It's something you can experience. You know, um, I'm not, I don't get as excited anymore. I don't get as frightened anymore. I don't get as angry anymore. I'm not as overly emotional as I used to be. You know, I always used to get really worked up. I would get worked up or shut down. I had two modes either all revved up and hysterical, or like, I'm not saying a word, but you would know it because you would see it on my face. And those were like two ends of the spectrum. I don't live that way anymore. I'm pretty calm. <laughs> like, a, it takes a lot to freak me out. You know, I've been told a lot that people are like, you're really mellow. You're really laid back. You're really calm. And, um, I think that that is a result. That's exactly what we're told. That's one of the things that can happen to us over time. Because remember I said, I have this belief that there is a God and God has a plan and his plan is good. I trust God's plan. Even if it's not going to be to my liking, I ultimately trust my creator. That's that experience of God entering your heart. That's what it means to be recorded. You know, along with that, with having a spiritual awakening a personality change, which has rewired my heart and driven out the desire to eat compulsively. Today, and this is on the family afterward, which I recently just shared about, we think cheerfulness and laughter make for usefulness. So what does it mean to be recovered? More cheerful. I laugh a lot more. I have a much better sense of humor than I ever used to have. I feel more useful. You know, I, I, why shouldn't I laugh? It says I've recovered and I've been given my power to help others. So my, my smile today is genuine. It's a genuine smile. I don't have to fake a smile. Um, you know, I, I feel like, um, I mean, there's, there's so many things here, but what, one of the things that I really want to make sure that I leave you with is that, um, in working with others, it says that, um, you know, how do we stay and remain recovered? Well, the only way to ensure immunity, remember it's not my memory. It will never be my memory. It's intensive work with others. It's when I work with other people that I can continue to live recovered. And the good news is and I always wanna, you know, like drill down on this is that, Um. When, you know, my experience has been since God has entered my heart and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous, he took the things that I like to do and he changed them. And now the things that I have to do have become the things that I love to do. And that is is the truth with working with others, that, you know, talking in front of people, sharing my experience is something that gives me tremendous delight and pleasure but so does the small intimate conversation that I have with other compulsive overeaters. Um, you know, I I've, I have witnessed that same thing, by the way, happening for other people. And I, that's one of the most beautiful things that I had the opportunity to experience when I've worked with someone, is that not only do I get to see sometimes great physical transformations in them, um, But I get to hear people around the time that they're near step 12, they say, they'll start telling me stories of someone that called them and they're like, oh my God, I couldn't wait. I started helping them. And this thing happens. It's, it's, it's organic. Um, And, um, and what a great delight that part of what God gives us is desire to do the thing that we have to do. And that'll pass.